This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. You can power up your playtime with the Nintendo Switch system, the home of Mario and Friends. You may discover exciting surprises with Mario, Princess Peach, and more in Super Mario Bros. Wonder or challenge friends to a race in Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. You can head to Nintendo.com to learn more about the Nintendo Switch system. Games and systems sold separately. Tonight is their progress toward peace, the first meaningful negotiations between Russia and Ukraine since the war began. The demands that were made and why the Pentagon is saying not so fast. After more than a month of Putin's war, the news serious peace talks. Tonight, the promises made by the Russians and the skepticism from the West. We'll see if they follow through on what they're suggesting. Plus, could Zelensky soon meet with Putin in person? We have all the details. Helping the resistance, the female veterans and American nonprofit working with the U.S. military to get helmets and gear from Virginia to Ukraine. The new questions tonight after a CBS News Washington Post investigation reveals a seven hour and 37 minute gap in White House call records during the Capitol Hill riot. Why Congress is now investigating a possible Trump cover up. Severe weather risk, the damaging wind, tornadoes and hail threatening the South. Another COVID shot, the FDA authorizes a second booster for those 50 and up, but could you have to pay for this dose? Plus, today's other top headlines. Will Smith apologizes and Jada Pinkett Smith breaks her silence. What we're learning about that fatal fall at an Orlando amusement park. And the Queen's first public appearance in five months. Finally, we end tonight with the true meaning of friendship, demonstrated by two Georgia teenagers. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell. Reporting from the nation's capital. 
Good evening, and thank you for joining us on this Tuesday night. Tonight, the president and his top national security advisors are skeptical that a Russian pledge to scale back could mean that the war in Ukraine may be a step closer to being over. But there was a positive development today as negotiators from Russia and Ukraine met in Turkey today for a day of peace talks aimed at ending Russia's deadly invasion. In an address tonight, Zelensky said the talks were positive, but that that doesn't drown out the sound of Russian attacks. The Russian negotiator raised the possibility of a meeting between President Zelensky and Putin that could occur after a draft agreement was ready. And there's this new development tonight in the effort to target Russian oligarchs. We're learning tonight that the British seized their first super yacht, a $50 million ship. So we've got a lot of news to get to tonight. But first, let's go to CBS's Deborah Pata in Kiev. Good evening, Deborah. Good evening. The Pentagon confirms there has been some movement by a small number of Russian forces pulling back from Kyiv, but it's calling this a repositioning, not a retreat, and the indiscriminate shelling of cities to the south and east continues. This may be the first real sign of progress, but it certainly falls short of a ceasefire so desperately needed. Russian negotiator Vladimir Medinsky said Ukraine's proposal to remain neutral by not joining any military alliance would be put to President Putin. But it's early days and there's skepticism in the U.S. We'll see if they follow through on what they're suggesting. Boardroom negotiations far away from the battlefield have yet to make any difference for Ukrainians enduring the mounting horrors of this war. The port city of Mariupol has all but collapsed. An apocalyptic scene of rubble, twisted metal and the disfigured outlines of the homes where people once lived. What else can I do, Gennady asks. There's nothing left for me here. He's walking away after nearly 40 years working as a shoemaker in Mariupol. Nearby in Mykolaiv, a Russian rocket ripped through a government building, leaving a gaping hole and fresh trauma. This woman watched helplessly as her colleague died in her arms. If Russia follows through on its announcement to drastically scale back operations near Kiev and Chernihiv, it will bring desperately needed relief. <laughs> Chernihiv has been pounded by the Russians who now completely encircle the city, cutting off up to 130,000 people from water, electricity and food. In Kyiv, where residents have grown used to the regular sound of shelling and sirens, the prayer for peace has never been more urgent. The Pentagon points out that the threat to Kyiv is not over as they can still inflict massive brutality. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky also stressed that Russia can continue to attack his country, which is why he is not reducing their defense. Nora? Deborah Pata, thank you. Well, at the heart of that Ukrainian resistance are the private citizens putting their lives on the line. And a group in Virginia is trying to help. Spirit of America is the only nonprofit that is officially approved by Congress and the Defense Department to work alongside deployed U.S. troops and provide private assistance in support of their missions. Well, we followed their shipment of much-needed equipment. Just over a month ago, the daily uniform for these Ukrainians was street clothes or a business suit. What we have here is a really nice modern helmet. But now they are soldiers. Soldiers for a volunteer army desperately in need of gear. Thank you. 
Enter Spirit of America, a nonprofit that works hand in hand with the U.S. military to provide non-lethal aid to military partners. And is the pace picked up in terms of sending supplies in? Absolutely. We met Colleen Denny and Terrell Chandler in Poland, where they're helping coordinate the aid. How much is this gear needed? Endlessly. The needs are endless. It's thousands and thousands of people that are asking. All the civilians that have joined the fighting, you know, become soldiers overnight. What's the number one need for Ukrainians? Body armor and helmets is the thing that keeps getting identified. We see the, the photos of the 18-year-olds who have their skateboarding knee pads and elbow pads on, uh, and they're volunteering to go. We'll hand the helmets to the tall people. Much of the gear is stored here in a Virginia Beach warehouse. First aid kits. This is for any chest wounds. Protective body armor and other items are packed up. And sent to Poland, filling every seat of this 767. You will probably not find anybody else where an aircraft leaves the United States and the warriors have that equipment on their body in the same day. Founded in 2003, Spirit of America has worked in more than 90 countries. Everyone on the field team is a veteran. Two veterans. You guys never stop fighting. <laughs> never stop uh, serving. This is our way to support those who are still wearing the uniform. So even though we're no longer in uniform, we can still support those who are. And as of this week, Spirit of America has helped outfit more than 3,200 soldiers. And get this, a second plane leaves New York City tonight for the region. Their assistance is worth $7.2 million. Well, back here in Washington, we have some new details in the investigation into the January 6th assault on the Capitol. CBS News and The Washington Post have obtained White House records of President Trump's activities on that day, and they reveal a more than seven and a half hour gap in his call logs. CBS's Robert Costa has more of his exclusive reporting. As chaos engulfed the Capitol building on January 6th, President Trump spoke repeatedly on the phone with allies and supporters some urging him to put an end to the violence. But none of those calls are reflected in the 11 pages of White House records for January 6, given to the House Select Committee. There is a massive seven-hour and 37-minute gap in calls from 11.17 a.m. to 6.54 p.m., which includes the most violent period of the attack. Congressman Jamie Raskin is a member of the House January 6 Committee. Are you frustrated, Congressman, about the gaps in the record? Yeah, I'm a little puzzled by the gaps in the record. I'm determined to close those gaps. CBS News has confirmed at least two calls during the attack that do not appear on the phone log or the Daily Diary. One call from Trump to Utah Republican Mike Lee and another call to Trump from House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy, who described it to Nora O'Donnell by phone at the time. I've spoken to the president. I asked him to talk to the nation to tell him to stop this. The January 6th committee is now investigating whether the president and top aides used so-called burner or disposable phones to avoid scrutiny of their calls during that time. It's almost like uh, they didn't want this uh, out there. And so uh, we, we need to get to the bottom of this. The logs do show several calls on the morning of the 6th, including from Rudy Giuliani and former President Trump's chief strategist Steve Bannon. At 8.37 a.m., Trump spoke with Bannon, who sources say told him to call Vice President Mike Pence and urge him to block certification of the election. Trump later did phone Pence, failing to persuade him, but that call is not noted in the records. 
There is a listing at 11.17 a.m. The president talked on a phone call to an unidentified person. CBS News has learned the Pence call was in that time frame. There's also a lengthy gap during the attack, as recorded in Mr. Trump's daily diary. At 1.21 p.m., the president met with his valet, which signals a return to the Oval Office. The mob breached the Capitol just after 2 p.m., and the next entry isn't until 4.03, when Mr. Trump went to the Rose Garden to record a video for supporters. We have to have peace. So go home. We love you. You're very special. The phone logs pick up again that night when Mr. Trump had at least 11 calls between 6.54 and 11.41 p.m. And Robert joins us now. All right, burner phones. I mean, what is President Trump saying about all this? His spokesperson told us he had nothing to do with the records. Trump himself told us he doesn't even know about the phrase burner phones, have never used burner phones. But that statement's been called into dispute today by John Bolton, his former national security advisor, who told us Trump behind the scenes used that phrase many times in conversation. It's just extraordinary. And so is the committee looking at this use of burner phones and what they were doing inside the White House? Seven hours and 37 minutes. They don't know who Trump was calling. This is part of the puzzle. They're trying to piece together as quickly as possible. The midterms are looming. They're on a tight time frame. All right, Robert Costa, thank you so thank much. You. Let's turn now to the weather because another spring storm system is moving across the south tonight with the threat of thunderstorms, high winds and the possibility of tornadoes. So for the forecast, let's bring in meteorologist Mike Bettis from our partners at the Weather Channel, who has a virtual view of the storm from Dallas. Good evening, Mike. Well, good evening to you, Nora, and we are expecting a multi-day severe weather outbreak to hit us in similar spots that were hit over the last couple of weeks. You can see the threat tonight will exist from I-35 around Des Moines all the way back down through Texas, and the threat doesn't stop there. Overnight tonight, more heavy showers and storms and the possibility of tornadoes as well. Here's a look at our high-resolution future radar. Yes, places like Dallas get hit, Oklahoma City, Tulsa, right up through Kansas City. A lot of us get hit overnight as well when the danger is very high. Now, tomorrow, storms return again. Again, our exclusive Torcon here at the Weather Channel ranks your tornado risk from 1 to 10. The number's as high as a 7 tomorrow across the Deep South, including Jackson near New Orleans and around Mobile and Pensacola. Watch the storms race east tomorrow. Strong winds that could exceed 70 miles an hour and storms that go east all the way through Thursday, including areas from D.C. down to Tallahassee North. So the threat exists for the next three days. All right, Mike Bettis, thank you. All right, tonight the CDC is reporting that the highly transmissible BA2 Omicron strain is now the dominant COVID variant right here in the U.S. And the news comes as the FDA today authorized a second optional booster shot for people 50 and older. We get the details from CBS's Meg Oliver. In a rare move, the FDA did not consult with its vaccine advisory committee before authorizing a second booster from Pfizer and Moderna for people 50 and over. Dr. Celine Gounder is an infectious disease specialist. I am very skeptical that giving everybody over the age of 50 a fourth dose will have a real impact in the long term on reducing severe disease, hospitalization and death. The FDA has also authorized the optional second booster shot for individuals 12 and over who are immunocompromised. UPenn immunologist John Wary supports the idea for that group. Uh, we're seeing more waning of that ability to stay out of the hospital should you get infected. And for the immunocompromised, clearly there's benefit of a fourth dose. This all comes as vaccination rates are lagging. Only half of people over 50 are boosted. The super site in Westchester, New York, is closing on Friday due to lack of demand for shots and testing. 
federal funding is also running out. The Biden administration has already stopped accepting claims for testing and treatment, and starting next week will no longer support reimbursements for vaccinations. This really does beg the question, where should we focus our limited resources? Is it on providing fourth doses, or is it on other measures, for example, making sure we vaccinate people who may not have even had a single dose yet? <laughs> For people 50 and over, boosters are now available at sites like this one. If you had your first one at least four months ago, next week the FDA will possibly meet to talk about authorizing boosters for a larger population in the fall. Nora. Good information, Meg Oliver. Thank you. Tensions are rising in Israel tonight after officials say at least four people were killed when a gunman opened fire in a crowded ultra-Orthodox city just east of Tel Aviv. The gunman was later killed by police. While a motive is not immediately clear, the shooting is the latest in a string of attacks by Arab assailants. This is ahead of the Muslim holy month of Ramadan. All right, tonight we're learning more about the tragic amusement park death of a 14-year-old boy in Orlando. An accident report says the teen's restraints were still in the locked position, but questions remain about why the boy was allowed on the ride in the first place. Here's CBS's Manuel Bohorkas. A memorial now stands just feet away from where 14-year-old Tyree Sampson died. His cousin has started a petition to shut the ride down. Please, if you gotta put your kid's name, Everybody name on there. Just put them on there so we can get this took down. Samson fell to his death last Thursday during the Orlando Freefall Ride's 400-foot descent at 75 miles an hour. A newly released accident report says Samson came out of the seat as the ride began to break, adding the harness was still in a down and locked position when the ride stopped. This photo shared on social media appears to show Samson before the ride. The ride's owner, Slingshot Group, told us last week it's designed to run only when riders are locked in. And they have to be secured with a, with a harness, and it, the ride cannot operate unless that is the case. But the manual from the ride manufacturer specifies a weight limit of 287 pounds and says of, quote, large guests, check that they fit within the contours of the seat and the bracket fits properly. If this is not so, do not let this person ride. Samson, an eighth grade football standout from Missouri, reportedly weighed more than 300 pounds. Ken Martin is a ride safety expert. What do you see having to change? I think we're going to see a little more emphasis on operator training. And we have to have those guys properly trained. Slingshot Group, which owns and operates the ride, has vowed to cooperate with authorities. Icon Park, where the ride is located, has vowed to do the same. But it's also demanding that another ride there, owned by Slingshot, be shut down until investigators can determine whether both are safe. Nora? Manny Bohorquez, thank you. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm -mm -mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Jada Pinkin Smith made her first public comment today following her husband's slap of comedian Chris Rock at the Oscars. Pinkett Smith posted on Instagram, this is a season for healing and I'm here for it. Her husband slapped Rock over an insensitive joke about his wife's hair. Smith also issued a public apology to Rock Monday night saying he was 
out of line and wrong. All right, Britain's Queen Elizabeth attended a memorial service today for her late husband, Prince Philip. The 95-year-old monarch, who recently recovered from COVID, was escorted into Westminster Abbey by her second son, Prince Andrew. The lifting of COVID restrictions cleared the way for a crowd of 1,800 for today's service. A good friend is hard to find, but lucky to have. CBS's Mark Strassman has the story of two Georgia teenagers who remind us of just that. As sixth graders, Jordan Sloan and Marcus San Miguel found a gem in the gym, their friendship. He was the guy I talked to about most anything I had on my mind. Good friend, best friend? Best friend. Both standout athletes. But 18 months ago, a life changer. Sloan, number 20, took a hit to the head playing football. Brainstem trauma. Could he move arms, legs? Nothing. Jordan's mother, Jasmine Jameson. The rest of his brain is perfectly fine. His balance and coordination um, has been thrown completely off. Grab on, that's cool. Jordan's rehab is six days a week. Good. The 16-year-old's nice. willing himself to play sports again. Lift, lift, lift. It was very hard to see my best friend like that. Marcus started a pledge drive for his friend's family. Supporters donate every time he takes a charge on the basketball court. I really just want to do whatever I could to help. If the situation had been reversed, he would have done something similar for me. He's raised more than $13,000 so far. I don't know that I will ever be able to really <laughs> thank him. I will try for the rest of my life. Friends for life. Now that's a game changer. Mark Strassman, CBS News, Smyrna, Georgia. The quality of your life is built on the quality of your relationships. On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, with more states suspending the gas tax to ease the pain at the pump, will you actually see lower prices? We investigate. And if you can't watch us live, don't forget, you can set that DVR and you can watch us later. That's tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in a nation's capital. Good night. If you enjoy tuning in to the CBS Evening News, there are official T-shirts, hats, mugs, and more available for purchase at ParamountShop.com. These products are perfect for any fan of Evening News. And you can take 20% off with code EVENING20. That's 20% off all CBS Evening News products with code EVENING20 at ParamountShop.com. It was the biggest scandal in pop music. The stars of Milli Vanilli, the Grammy-winning multi-platinum R&B phenomenon, were exposed as frauds. But none of this was their idea. So whose idea was it? Enter German music producer Frank Farian. He saw the success of acts like Michael Jackson and Prince, and he wanted in, no matter the cost. So he devised the perfect pop heist. Two once-in-a-lifetime talents who were charismatic, full of sex appeal, and phenomenal dancers. The only problem? They couldn't sing. But Frank knew just how to fix that. Wondery's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's greatest controversies and takes a never-before-heard look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when the truth came out, Rob and Fab were the only ones who got burned. Looking back now, it's hard not to wonder, why did everyone blame them and not the man pulling the strings? Follow Blame It on the Fame, Millie Vanilli, on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus.